every touch point creates an expectation that you're either meeting the expectation of what that audience or community or market has for your brand, or you're not meeting it. And your job as the CEO and as the business owner is to understand what you want that expectation to be, and then create something that is consistent and cohesive again and again and again across the board. Hey, I'm Shauna. I'm a business mentor and leadership coach. After years of working with leaders and professionals, the one thing I can say is I do not have all the answers. And guess what? I'm okay with that. This podcast is dedicated to having the conversations with the people who have been where you are or have the expertise that will help you to streamline, simplify, and take the guesswork out of growing and scaling your business. Each week, we will dive into guest interviews, tips, trends, and strategies that will help you to cut through the fluff. So if you are ready to take your business to the next level, stick around. This is the Skill to Grow podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Scale to Grow podcast. So today we are going to talk about building a cohesive brand for business growth. So with me today, I have Kelly Whitman, who is the owner of Wit & Company, and she helps impact-driven businesses craft consistent and, and cohesive brands that embody their personality and showcase their expertise. So Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Shana. I'm so excited to be here. Perfect. Awesome. I'm glad to have you on. So tell us a bit more about you and what you do. Yes. So as you mentioned, I have a brand strategy and design studio, and we support service-based businesses and nonprofit organizations with their branding and specifically their rebranding efforts. So as we talk about this idea of having your brand support your business growth, you know, generally our clients come to us when they're realizing that their brand isn't supporting their business growth and they need to make a change. And we do that through looking at their internal brand, which is all the stuff that happens behind the scenes, like your mission, vision, purpose, your brand personality, your positioning, differentiation, all of that good stuff. And then we also support our clients with the external brand which is what I think normally think of when they think of brand, like the logo, the fonts, the colors, et cetera, um, all of the fun visual elements uh, that go into really telling the brand story effectively, consistently, and cohesively. So we do the internal work first, and then we bring it all to life with the logo and the visuals. Awesome. So, you know, so when you were talking about kind of the clients that come to you that, you know, they come when like the, the ship's on fire or something's going sideways. Like, what does that look like? <laughs> well, you know, it can be drastic of like the ships on fire, but I think, you know, it also can look like a little bit more subtle. And one of the common, I would say reasons that a client comes to me and we have a conversation about what's not working with their brand. And they say, it's just not feeling right. You know, brand, I'm really big on brand and feeling and that your brand is how it makes you feel or how um, a business can make you feel is their brand. So oftentimes as the business owner, it starts with a feeling of like, this isn't working. I'm feeling stuck. I feel like I'm not connecting with my right audience. I feel like I don't know what to say when I talk about my work. And there's usually this disconnect between what you want people to perceive your brand to be and what's actually happening. And you're realizing that disconnect, that gap, is growing larger and larger. And you then that's kind of your sign. That's kind of the catalyst for when the realization of, okay, I think something needs to change. I might not know what it is, but something needs to change because I see this gap and I'm not going the direction that I want my business and my brand to be heading. Okay. And, and that's interesting because 
it starts with a feeling and then it's like, okay, then it, it kind of drifts into, okay, well, now my customer, it's affecting my customer base because obviously they're not connecting either. So right. there's two pieces to it, right? Okay. So now the question, what is brand personality? <laughs> yeah. So we think about, I like to think about your brand personality as just like a human personality. So I think it's helpful to start with how we define brand and we define it as the thoughts, the feelings, the actions. So essentially the perception that someone has of your business and your personality then are the characteristics, the traits that make up those thoughts, those feelings, those actions. So just like humans, your brand has a human entity to it and it engages in a certain way. It has, it says certain things. It looks a certain way. It makes people feel a certain way. It makes people act a certain way. It makes people think a certain way. So all of those characteristics together compromise or create uh, your brand personality to help then support those feelings and create a certain perception that you're after for your brand. So it's, it sounds like it has a life of its own. Almost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think often we, especially, you know, if you're in this space where you are your brand, there can be a really challenging distinction between is it you or is it the brand? And even if you are the brand, I still like to have that separation of your brand is its own entity. It, it is its own human. It's just coming to life through a brand versus through a human. So if we think about it like that, I feel like it's a little bit more helpful and easier to wrap your head around that, okay, just like you know my best friend or my partner or my kids, this brand has its own personality, its own unique um, characteristics and quirks. And how can we really cultivate that to then connect with our right audience? Because just like you meet people every day, there are going to be brands that you don't connect with. When we think about the power of brand personality, it's when you're really intentional about it, you can leverage that personality to build a really strong connection with the right audience that you're trying to connect with in the first place. So while you were talking, my first thought is, you know, for someone who is having a personal brand, how do you disconnect the two? Because how does that work? Do you run into that with, with clients? Let me see if I'm understanding your question. So how do you decide or distinguish between yourself and your business brand when you are the brand? Is that the question that yeah. you're, yeah, you're not, okay. So when I go. think about it as you, as the human get to make the decision of how much of your human characteristics and personality you want to bring into the brand and you get to decide that no one else gets to decide that for you. And that's part of being intentional and creating an intentional brand personality is making that distinction and making that decision. One of the, you know, just from a, strategic or a tactical step of writing down, like these are the characteristics from my personality that I really want to bring into the brand, because this is the type of experience that I want my audience and my community to have when they engage with the brand. And I think sometimes we can get into that. There can be some muddiness there of, do I bring the bad, like the quote unquote, maybe not so great things of my personality? Is that part of the charm? Or is that something that I want to leave out? but I want it to be authentic to me since I am a personal brand. And I don't, if I leave something out, is that being inauthentic? I think when we think about this idea of authenticity, it's when something feels authentic or not, that's from the perception of the customer or the community or the audience. They're the ones who decide whether or not it's authentic. So it's for you as the business owner 
to really decide, like to create the boundaries and the guidelines for what is authentic for the brand and making sure that it's being perceived that way. So there might be things that you are, that are off limits that you don't talk about. I think about in my own experience, while I'm not a personal brand, there are certain aspects of my life that I'm not bringing into. Like I don't, I don't show my children on social media um, because that's just something that I've decided. And we can make those decisions of what we want to include in our brand personality. What do we want and what don't we want? I think it's a really personal decision and there is no right or wrong. It's just what feels good for you, what feels aligned for you and creating then those guidelines, those guardrails around what that looks like so that the end user, the community member, the audience, the market feels Mm -hmm. like they are getting an authentic experience with the brand, even if it's the personal brand. Does that answer your question? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Because in my mind, the first thing that came to me was, um, you know, like you're a personal brand, there's a family portion of you, there's a business portion of you, there's the things I like, my interests, my values, all these, you know, like all the other stuff that comes with it. I think a lot of people get carried away with, I have to show everything to be authentic. Yeah. And I think that that's what I've seen. And that's what I've heard. It's like, I don't want to go dance and do reels because, you know, that's not who I am. I don't like that part of me. And like, I don't want, I want people to see me as this. And I think that's important that if you want them to see you as this, then you're saying, then show that. That's who you want. That's what you want to show, not everything else. And I think there's other ways to market. People just need to think of the definition of what they consider to be their brand. Yes, exactly. And it's making those intentional decisions. So not feeling pressured um, or having those stories come up and say you're inauthentic because you're not doing what's trendy or you're not showing everything, but rather, you're a business owner and you're making an intentional decision about what you want your brand to be. I think there can be exactly to your point, a lot of shame around this idea of, well, I don't want to talk about the fight that I just had with my partner or my spouse, but that's not authentic because that's what's on my mind right now. It's no, you're creating a boundary for what you want to showcase as a business owner. You're making a strategic and intentional business decision. And it's kind of this line between you know, exactly what you're saying. Uh, I don't want it to feel inauthentic. And we have then those stories that come in and say, it's inauthentic. If you don't share, I would just make the exact argument of it's authentic for you to share what feels good and feels aligned, especially as the business owner, like you're operating then from that place of a CEO versus from a place of scarcity of needing to jump into whatever's trendy or feeling like you have to, or feeling pressured from to do something that just doesn't feel good. You know, because whenever I talk to people, that's the first thing that comes up and I'm like, personally, I know for me, there's some things that, you know, people who are close knows, but uh, I don't need to be online doing that. And I just don't, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not for me. It's just not, if I was to do it, it was, it would be because I want to get clicks or I want to get mm-hmm. the algorithm to pick me up, but it wouldn't be anything else. So you know, I, I do it in the way that I knew was going to work for me because just my personality and anybody who knew me would know that, yeah, that's her. She would not go outside the boundaries. And, you know, it's interesting because when I was doing leadership and, you know, I had a team in like corporate, like that was one of the major things, like predictability and leadership was always a big, huge thing for me. Because people would know, you know, when they go into a room on acting on behalf of, of me or the team, 
they would know that this would be kind of the line. So they would act within it. And I didn't even have to tell them. They just knew that based on what they knew about me and what my values were and what my interests were. They they knew. I love that you're saying that word expectation, because that's, as we think about brand and, you know, going back to the original definition is every single touch point that someone has is either going to support and really embody that perception that you're after. So it's going to really enhance the thoughts, the feelings, the actions that you're after, or it'll detract from. And I think another way to think about this idea of do we include it or do we not include it? What aspects do we include? What aspects don't we include? You know, take a step back and think about the experience, the full total experience that you want someone to have. So regardless of if they see a reel on Instagram or they get an email from you, or then they meet you in person, is that particular aspect of the personality going to support an experience that's consistent and cohesive? You know, and will you sharing this thing or not sharing this thing enable or embody and support the perception or does it detract from the perception? And that's another way and maybe a little another litmus test that you can use for yourself of figuring out what makes sense to include as we create this intentional brand personality and what makes sense to maybe not include or sprinkle in sparingly, or it is just something that's off limits of is to ask it in the frame or tee it up in the sense of how will this impact the overall brand experience that someone has with my business? Because again, to your point, every touch point creates an expectation that you're either meeting the expectation of what that audience or community or market has for your brand, or you're not meeting it. And your job as the CEO and as the business owner is to understand what you want that expectation to be, and then create something that is consistent and cohesive again and again and again across the board. A hundred percent. I love that. So when you're now starting to like, uh, grow your business or looking to grow your business, what are some of the the areas that you would say that someone would need to look for to kind of steer them the right path? Because I know that when you're when you're looking at growth, I know that there's that feeling people tend to go, okay, well, am I set up for for this change? But what are some of the things like, you know, minus the ship being on fire coming to you? <laughs> what else? What else do, you know, do business owners kind of um, need to look for when they're deciding that, okay, well, I'm kind of ready to like grow this bad boy. Let's see how it works. Yeah, that's a great question. So when we think about creating and setting our brand up for success for growth, I would say the first step is to really understand what is the vision for your brand? Where do you want it to go? And I know that sounds like an easy question, but it can be a really challenging one because it then frames how, what do you need to have in place for your brand in order to support the vision, in order to support the direction that it's going. And what I mean by that is if your vision is to, you know, maybe scale and you don't want to grow a team, that the brand system that you will have in place and the supportive elements for your brand will probably look different if you want to grow a team because there's different aspects of communication. So we going back to the point is to create an expectation and meet that expectation again and again and again. And we do that through various points of communication. Well, if you have a variety of people, i.e. team, communicating your brand on your behalf, you will need to have different documentation and different brand elements and supporting communication material to help the team communicate your brand consistently and cohesively versus if the vision is for you to 
maybe pivot or to stay a solopreneur and maybe just bring in contractors here and there, the brand support materials and systems will look different because you'll be the one who is primarily communicating your brand on your behalf. So I, that's why I would say that's the first question of understanding what is the vision and then taking a step back of, okay, if I'm taking you know path A or I'm taking path B, what do I need to have in place in order for me to communicate my brand consistently and cohesively? So looking at it, you know, kind of moving backwards, if you will, from the end goal of this is what I want for my brand in this season of life. And this is what the vision is. 100%. I'm so glad that you separated it between the team versus the individual, because especially when you're looking to grow versus scale, because a team approach is going to always look different. And I think I think we overlook that in some cases and it uh, it creates like uh, that uh, that initial friction and rough patch when when you when you implement the change. So I think that's a super, super important point because you really have to make sure everybody's speaking the same language. And yes. if they're not speaking the same language, that's a problem. Right. But it's also that they're embodying what the brand is supposed to be now, as opposed to what they think thought it was. So you also have to do a culture shift in the middle of the organization as well. Exactly. And to your, you know, exact your point of what you said about team and, you know, when, as you think about growing a team and getting them on board, I always recommend your brand is another litmus test that you can use to see whether or not someone's going to be a good fit. Because again, yes, you as the CEO and as the founder, you get to pick the vision but then you also get to pick who's coming along for the ride and who will embody and communicate your brand effectively and really align with what you want your brand to be and stand for and communicate. So if they're not on board, if they don't align with your values, if they don't want to go in the direction of your vision, if they're not here for the mission, if they're not here for the purpose and the why, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are a bad person. It just means that they're not a good fit for where you're going, which is okay. So I like to use that internal brand foundation of your mission, your vision, your values, your beliefs as a really good tool for assessing what type of team do you want to bring on and or is the team that you have in place a really good fit for where you want to go. Um, one of the things that I you know, try to consistently communicate with my team is this is what we stand for and this is where we're going. I don't want you to not be clear about this direction. I want you to get on board. I want you to be excited about it so that we can all be rowing in the same direction and we can be excited about the achievements that we're making and the milestones that we're hitting because we're all trying to reach this next vision and we're all here for what the brand is all about and we are passionate about it and we can get behind it. Again, easier said than done, but I think part of our jobs then is to communicate, this is what the brand is all about and we'd love to have you come on board. But if not, we realize it might, might be a good fit. And just using that as a good distinction for finding your right people to help you support in this next vision as you go towards it. One of the things that I've seen, and I've also done it myself, is hold on to people because they were there from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, when you hold on to someone who's not aligned because you're now shifting directions, it can be very emotional because of Absolutely. the connection. Absolutely. Um, so it's also something to think, you know, I love that you brought it in that when you're building a team, it is a, a litmus test just to kind of really understand, okay, well, is everybody on the same page? And if they're not on the same page, what do I need to do as the, as the, the CEO to either support them to grow or to support them to go? I love that. That was, that's good. 
That's really good. (laughs) That's a good snippet. That's definitely needs to come out for social media. But yes, exactly to your point. Uh, And I think, you know, when someone's with us through that transition, and that's our job, you know, as as the leader to have those conversations of we're shifting and I'd love for you to be a part of that shift and support that shift. And I'd love to get your feedback on it, but also we're shifting. So this is where we're going and this is what I want the direction of the brand to be. So it does, you know, it, that's part of our job is to have those uncomfortable conversations, which, you know, they, they're uncomfortable. I'm with you. And it's, it's hard to have them, but also as you think about, I'm here to guide the ship in this direction as the CEO and as the leader. And I need to do my best job so that the people who do really want to be here and want to be a part of the work that we're doing and the impact that we're going to have, that we have been the right people. Because I think about that as well of like, oh my gosh, how many more people can we impact when we have a team that is really behind this brand and the work that we're trying to doing, that the work that we're trying to do or trying to accomplish just what a more beautiful thing that is because everyone wants to be there and they're making the conscious choice and effort to be a part of this journey and to help you and support you in this mission and the vision and the why and all of that good stuff. I love it. So what are some of the success stories that you see in like when it's done right, when the branding is done right, or even just even client, like when it's done right, you you've gotten the team support, everybody's like, okay, yeah, you know, I might have some low stretch goals here, but I'm willing to go wherever you're going with the ship. And like, when it's done right, what, what's kind of the experience from, well, first, let's, let's, let's talk about like, just the process of it. And then let's talk about the experience at the end, the outcome in terms of the success story. Well, I think the process of going through um, your branding and getting solidified and clear, I will just say getting clear on your brand and what you're all about as a brand and also then the flip or the external. So doing the internal brand work and the external brand work Mm -hmm. as a business and the team, the biggest, I think, transformation, I I think I know is that there is renewed excitement around the direction that the brand is going. And renewed motivation and energy because everyone's on the same page um, and everyone is using similar language to talk about where they're going. And it's a really cool thing to get feedback from, you know, clients that we've worked with of, we are all now understanding how we're talking about our work and we're all on the same page of where we're going and who we most need to connect with to move our mission forward. And that's what I think the power of having this brand understanding and brand clarity can do for you as a business. And then on the flip side, even just from the visual standpoint, I think there's more confidence because you're excited in how you are looking and how you're showing up and you just bring more confidence and energy to promoting your work, to sharing the work that you're doing, to talking about your work, to sending people to your website, because it's an accurate representation of the amazing things that you're doing. So it's now that gap is no longer feeling so large and vast and overwhelming. It's close. There is no gap. That's ultimately the goal. And the the way that you want people to feel about your brand and the way that you want to be represented and showcased is actually happening. So I think you as a business owner and even team members, you just bring a renewed energy to talking about what you're doing and to showing up for it and showing it off. So I think that's the biggest impact, right? It's to give people confidence in 
getting their good work out there and talking about what they're doing so that they can impact more people. Amazing. So how does your team actually come into that process? So someone's someone's embarking on this, they come to you, they say something doesn't feel right. I, I, I know I need to grow. I know the business needs to get a little bit of a fresh coat of paint, so to speak. Where do you come in? Are you more in the con- consultation pieces with the strategy? Are you also in the implementation? Like how does your team kind of work with someone through that? Yeah, that's a great question. So at our studio, we have a brand strategist, a project manager, and then a designer. Um, One, hopefully two. Um, We're in the process of hiring as we're recording and bringing another person on. And for me, I'm also in a unique position as I'm getting the studio ready for me to take maternity leave here in about four or five months. So as it stands in this very specific season, I generally meet with clients in the beginning and I personally am a part of that. But in terms of how we work together, it's a team effort. We're very collaborative. I think brand naturally needs to be a collaborative effort among multiple people because then we can have different perspectives, different people ask different questions. So we love working with business owners and who have, even if it is a contractor, but have other people to come into the journey as well so that we can really make it a full collaboration. So the process looks like working with our project manager as the main touch point and point of contact throughout the duration of our project. And then we start with the strategy. So that's what I mentioned. Our brand strategist does workshops with our clients. And that looks like getting really clear on their internal brand, their positioning, their messaging, and their personality. And then we work with our designer to then bring it to life through your logo, your fonts, your visuals, your brand collateral, and your website. Um, So it's a what I hope is a very seamless and collaborative and fun experience. Um, Because I think that's the other piece of it. We're creating a brand, we're bringing your vision to life. And it absolutely has to be fun and exciting. um, Because it's, it's your work. And a lot of times, especially when working with founders, it's their baby, it's their heart and their soul. So we want to make it as fun and exciting as possible. um, Because it's a representation of really what they want to bring out into the world, and the impact that they want to make. How long does that normally take? Like, is that like a a 90 day stint or someone can just say, you know what, can you do in two weeks, like a weekend? (laughs) (laughs) One day turnaround and then we're done. Um, No, it is an in-depth process. So generally when we have clients that come to us with just the branding and I say just, so we do the visual brand or, you know, brand strategy, visual brand. Then we also have, um, we add on websites with clients. So if we have someone who's coming to us just for the brand without the website, the process is about three months. And then if we have someone who wants to add on a website, it can be five to six. And again, it depends on feedback, but it's an in-depth process, which is why we really specialize with clients that are going through rebranding because they have that knowledge of their business and they know what's not working. They know what is working. And we ask really deep questions. That's one of the things why, what I love about our process is we really dig our hands into your business. We ask great questions. We have workshops where we really talk about what your brand is. It's not supposed to be, or meant to be a quick process. I really believe it's something that we have to sit with and it's collaborative and I want it to be something that's intentional and strategic so that your brand supports you for the next five, 10 years. And it really supports you in your next level of business growth. You know, based on my own experience, I've gone through like similar in terms of making changes and definitely it's more than just the fonts and whatever. There's, there's so much more to it because there's, it, it is a conversation around 
your target audience, a conversation around you, target um, conversation around your future goal planning, yep. your the, the current strategy, the future strategy. Um, there's so many pieces. And if you have been kind of building the, the, the tracks as the train's going, you might not have had enough time to slow down to find out some of those pieces. And this is actually part of that journey that I really, I'm glad that you keep reiterating that this is a collaborative process. This is a process that requires more time for more questions, more conversations around, you know, kind of you as a business owner, because that's super important. And I think, I think people gloss over some of the the tough stuff that needs to come out within the brand because it's so commercializes. Oh, it's just the colors, it's the fonts, it's a, you know, here's a color palette and here's like a, a list of emotions that go with a color palette, you know, have at it. <laughs> uh, you've hit on something that I, um, is an, a, a reality of the, I think specifically the design industry. And is there a time and a place to just go and get an arbitrary logo? Yeah. Hell yeah. Especially when you're just starting out, you don't need to invest the time or the money into creating a full-fledged brand. I should say, depending on your business model, but mostly, especially in our space, we work with a lot of digital entrepreneurs. You can get out there and market yourself. You don't have to have a full-fledged brand in order to get started and to bring in money and to work with clients. So there definitely is a time and a place for it to go quickly. Um, but I 100% put the stake in the ground and the viewpoint of when you want it done well and you want it done strategically, I think that's the big decision or the big the decipher there, the emphasis to create something strategic and intentional takes time. Um, you don't want it to be rushed because, you know, and I, I think about it from the other perspective of why would you want it to be rushed if this is supposed to be an accurate representation of your brand and you want it to have a very intentional perception and you want people to feel a certain way and you want it to connect with your right audience, it shouldn't be rushed. Um, it should be something that is created with care and collaboration and very intentionally done in order to facilitate and embody the correct feelings that you're after and how you want people to perceive what you're doing and the work that you're putting out there. I love that. So I knew, I knew, I knew that that would be like a thing for you because I was thinking, I was like, I know for me, when I was doing mine, I remember just thinking, oh my God, this is going to take forever now. And uh, I, of course I didn't, I did not listen to half the things, but I should really have done that. But you know, in hindsight, you learn. Yeah. So definitely something guys, if you're listening, really take the time to really embody the brand and really think about what exactly is the brand. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just throwing up the color palette, please yeah. don't do it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's helpful. It's helpful. And sometimes, you know, you just go in with the neutrals or, or fine, but let's be real. Like you really have to, it, it's going to stay around. It's going to represent you. It's almost like I can tell what, you know, Lululemon looks like based on what they, you know, they're branded. I can tell what, you know, certain things look like because of the the, the uniqueness of the brand. And you think of like the Coca-Cola rebrand and everybody was like, what is this? It's like an albino can. Like what? Nobody knows what this was. It was like a change. It was just too much of a shell shock. So you also want to make sure that you're not, you're clear on it. So, and with that, I wanted to ask, what are three things that you can share with the audience? Because Three tips to share. Yes. I would say, you know, number one is 
ask yourself, you know, what do you want people to feel when they experience your brand and actually write it on paper? Um, I think a lot of times, especially as business owners, we have our brand up in our head and the challenge is articulating it and that it's supposed to be a challenge. And when we articulate it and we put something out on paper, it just helps to support and clarify the direction that we're going in. So tip number one is to write down how you want people to feel when they experience your brand. I would say tip number two is to not be afraid to take action and have it be messy, especially when it comes to getting clear on your brand. I'm a huge believer that brand clarity comes from action. You can't think your way to a strategic and intentional brand. You have to actually act it and put it out there and see what works and what resonates and what doesn't, more importantly. So number two, I would say, take action on your brand to get clear on it. And number three tip would be to leave the mindset behind that once you have your brand, it's a set it and forget it entity of your business. Uh, I'm a huge believer that your brand is constantly changing and evolving with your business. It's growing right alongside you. It is a human. It's just in the brand form. So we cannot have this expectation that our brand will never change. I think that does us a disservice. So if we approach our brand from the perspective of it will change right alongside me and that's okay, I just want to be intentional about how it's changing. It just frees us up from a lot of the pressure of picking a logo that's 100% perfect that we're going to have for the rest of our life or the right color palette or the right anything um, of just getting out there and kind of going back to tip number two and just taking action and see what happens. Love it. So what you're saying is I can go from pink to fuchsia without the guilt. <laughs> Hell yes. You change that color. Do it. <laughs> God, where can we find you, Kelly? <laughs> yes, I would love to connect. My favorite place to hang out is LinkedIn. Uh, you can just search for Kelly Whitman on there and please connect with me. I know I think I'm a creator, so it defaults to follow, but I do genuinely want to connect with folks. So please connect with me over there. Otherwise you can check out our studio and our work at witandcompany.com. We have a newsletter that we send out called the branded chat every Friday morning. So if you would like some more business and brand tips, you can get signed up there as well. Awesome. So really happy that we got a chance to, to do this together. So very happy to have you on the podcast. And thank you for sharing so much. This was such a great podcast. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lovely conversation. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the scale to grow podcast to work with us or access free resources, head over to www.concaveservices.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. See you on the next episode.